You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is Sports Day. For Kia, the seven-seat Kia Sorento, Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Right across South Australia, welcome to the summer edition of Sports Day SA on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. You'll hear Sports Day SA every weeknight at 6pm with me, Paul Bonza. And tonight with me, the King of Swing from the Redbacks, Chad Sayers. Great to be back, Bonds. Welcome, uh, mate. Uh, have a good weekend. I did have a good weekend, although rocking up the cricket on a Saturday or having already lost isn't too much fun mm. in the 39-degree heat. Uh, but you got through it okay, didn't you? Yeah, you got a couple of wickets, Bonds, which is always nice. <laughs> good work. Big show tonight. We've got massive news from the Aussie Open. We're going to talk about the Strikers, a little bit of 36s, Wallabies news, and later in the show, cyclist Amber Pate, uh, part of the Tour Down Under and a national champion, and we'll speak to her as well. Uh, looking forward to a little chat with her. Um, David Wildey and Malcolm Blight are the normal hosts of this show. And we are just keeping the chairs warm for them. And they'll be back sort of around uh, just before footy season. They're having a bit of a holiday. We're just kicking the jaw off for them, aren't we? We boys? are. We are. Keeping the seats warm while they're away. So uh, David Wildey, Malcolm Blight, your normal host of Sports ASA, will be back just before footy season. And it is now time for our Australian Open update. Thanks to the Kia EV6 GT, the pinnacle of engineering, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. Well, Chad, the biggest news from the Australian Open, and it's sad news really because Nick Kyrgios called a press conference today and pulled out. He's, a, he's the, the card drawer, isn't he, to, to come and watch the Aussie Open bonds. And um, over the last couple of years, his form has been outstanding. Um, he brings a crowd to tennis and unfortunately had a sore knee when he got scans and they just found a little cyst in his meniscus, which isn't great news. Let's have a listen to uh, Nick and um, just about what he said about his injury. Yeah, uh, obviously extremely disappointed. Um you know, I, I know you guys will all, all be wondering, you know, what's going on. So my physio, Will, he has been with me throughout my career and he's been monitoring me pretty closely the last week and he's going to give you more of the details on, on what's kind of going on. And obviously I'm just exhausted from everything and, you know, obviously pretty brutal. Um, in one of the most important tournaments of my career and so it hasn't been easy at all. Absolute honesty there. You can hear it in his voice, can't you? Yeah, I guess there's been times when... The, the tennis fans probably didn't believe what was coming out of Nick Kyrgios' mouth, but I think he's earned the respect back from them people. Um, he's done well over the last couple of years, and as you said, the disappointment in his voice there, you could tell he, he wanted to be out there. It's his biggest tournament of the year um, in front of his home fans, so it was probably a chance to win that as well. And he found out when he had a, a hit-up with uh, his old mate, uh, Thanasi. Yeah, you ran him. Definitely. I got off the court yesterday and um, was dealing with it and we were going to make a call then. And I was like, you know, I've, I've worked so hard to put myself in the position, you know, to be 
you know, I was ranked outside the 100, you know, a year ago. And now I've had the year I had last year and back inside, you know, the 20 being seated at a Grand Slam, you know, feeling as good as I'm feeling and, and playing the way I'm feeling. Yeah, I wanted to give myself a chance. Like, you know, it was probably... I had some hope, but, you know, after today I hit with Thanasi and someone who's playing the way he's playing and he pushed me around the court a little bit and, you know, that was more of a realistic type, you know, a hit of the intensity that was coming. So I was just... It was easier to make the call today. So disappointing, isn't it? Yeah, you you want to go to the tennis to watch people like Nick Kyrgios um, in, in his home tournament. So for him to pull out late just before round one, um, a lot of disappointed fans. But we've still got a couple of Aussies uh, in the draw that, that might um, get through to the, to the quarters, I think, Bonds. You'll be part of the show as well. You can text in on 0427154166 or give us a call, 1300-736-736. Are you disappointed that Nick's not playing? Are you happy that Nick's not playing? Because he rubs people up, some people up the wrong way. <laughs> so maybe there's some people out there listening that don't like Nick Kyrgios. And, There'll be a couple of those, and, I'm and sure. And it could be happy. Um, it, it is a genuine injury, though, and his physio spoke about his damage uh, to his knee. We used the, 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 the match, the, the charity event against Novak as a gauge to see if he could compete at that highest level. Um, he didn't pull up great and he still tried to give himself every chance in the following days to have subsequent training. But it was clear that with each passing session that he was getting sore and sore. So um, I think we've made the sensible decision to withdraw him because at this stage... He wants to feel mentally comfortable that he can go seven matches. He can go the distance and he needs to be able to do potentially seven three-hour matches. Getting on the court simply wasn't enough for him. So the situation now is we wanted to prevent him from having further injury or making that injury worse. So, yeah, definitely injury. That's uh, Will Mayer, his, um, he's a physio. I think it shows Kyrgios' maturity. I think in the past he probably would have played and pulled out halfway through a game and that's when the crowd probably got disappointed in him um, this time around. Notice he's not feeling 100%. Got those scans, found out I'm not 100%. He obviously wanted to play. You could, you could hear it in his voice. He wanted to play. He did the exhibition game um, with the Joker. I'm not sure how that was going to be a test. Well, it was, it was a bit of a it was just a, bit up, of a giggle, wasn't it? Yeah. So they weren't finding out anything. But lucky he had that hit with Tanasi, and hopefully that got – Kokonakis in some good form for his first round match. All right, you're listening to Sports Day SA on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. It's time for the hot topic, all thanks to Repco Authorised Service Centre. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Authorised Service Centre for expert car service. Book online at repcoservice.com. Chad, the Strikers. Let's talk about them. Uh, they went down to the Brisbane Heat on Saturday at the Adelaide Oval. In the Heat, 3 o'clock start, 3.30 start, Adelaide time. Um, the Heat batted first. They bowled out in the 20th over uh, for 154. Labashane made 46 off 33. Big Harry Conway got three for. And the Strikers could only manage 137 with Matt Short top scoring again, 39 off 30. And Baisley got three four. Yeah, there was no passengers for for Matt Short, unfortunately, in the in the strikers' run chase. I just I didn't see much of the game bonds, but those parts I did see, they just didn't seem to play the conditions as well as they have been at the Adelaide Oval. I think during the day the wicket is different than 
comes on nicely at night time. It's good yes. pace. During the day, it's a bit too pacey, Adelaide over wicket. So I don't think they played the conditions well enough. Disappointing to see Travis Head and Alex Carey come back in and not do much. So um, it was a must-win must game again, like all of them are really from now on for the strikers. Um, that would have just gapped uh, them in fourth from fifth as well. So just brings them back to the field a little bit. Yeah, with three games to go, it would have been nice. Yeah, as you mentioned, Travis Head only managed one, Alex Carey only two. Uh, Trav got one that just kept a little bit low and uh, played it on. Um, so the Strikers tomorrow play the Sixers in Coffs Harbour and then they have the Scorchers Adelaide Oval on Friday. And as we half mentioned at the start of the show, we'll be there on Friday call, uh, doing SEN uh, – sorry – doing Sports ASA from the Adelaide Oval. And then the final game is against the Renegades at Marvel Stadium on the 24th of January. Now, the good news about that is that those three teams are all above them. So if you're going to play finals, you've got to beat the teams that are above you, don't you? But the bad thing is about it, Bonds, if they don't beat them, they could go down the ladder drastically. So um, very hard. <laughs> two top teams, Sixers and the Scorchers, how good have they been going? It was a great game last night between the two of them. The Strikers haven't won away. Um, this tournament, so uh, it's going to be tough for them. Yeah, they probably need to win two of those three to guarantee them a spot. If they win one, they still might scrape in. It's a top five. They're currently equal with points with Hobart and the Sydney Thunder, so the Hobart Hurricanes, Sydney Thunder, all with five wins, ten points, and then uh, Melbourne Renegades got six wins and, and two points ahead of that group. So it's amongst those four teams – who finishes in the top five? Chris Lynn out as well is going to be a massive loss for the strikers. Um, probably brings Tom Kelly back into contention to play again. But um, I think you bring Travis Head and Alex Carey and a lot of players will rely on them just to be the match winners, wouldn't they? So that's a bad thing about them two coming in the side. But I'm sure after one one game of disappointment, those two will fire next game against the Sydney Sixers. Yeah, I think they will. I think they will. We know, look, they're, they're the world's best players. They are in the Australian Test team. They are quality players. Uh, they can't perform cricket's a game where you can't perform every time you go out to bat. So I, I think, yeah, though, I'd be very surprised if in the final three games we don't see at least a half a century from each of those blokes. I think you'll see more than that. Um, we know the form Travis heading, as you were saying. Once he gets going, there's no stopping him, um, no matter what ground you're playing on. So um, the strikers definitely need to get back on that winnings list. Winners list bonds, and that starts tomorrow night against the Sixers. It does. And speaking of the BBL, after the break, you've got your Kia Top 7, uh, which is you've giving us seven players from the BBL. Your top seven Australian players? Yeah, no internationals. Okay. Um, I thought just do the Australian players that are playing. Um, and, yeah, the top seven that I think have had the most impact this season. All right, looking forward to that. The uh, Chad's Top 7 coming up. And uh, that, that'll be after the break. Um, before we do that, Australian tennis legend Sam Stozer has revealed she'll hang up the racket, hang up the tennis shoes for the last time after she plays the Australian Open. 38 years of age, she's been a fantastic representative for our country and a fantastic player, um, Grand Slam winner, um, won the US Open title, uh, beat Serena Williams 6263, uh, outstanding player and performer for Australia. She has been, hasn't she? She's uh, what Australian sports people sh should be like. She's represented Australia well over her career. And as you said, she's a Grand Slam winner. Um, the US Open is, is 
phenomenal tournament to win, isn't it? So to do that in her career, she'd probably like to have proceeded in a lot of lot, uh, further in more tournaments, but um, unfortunately she hasn't, and she still goes down one of the greats for Australian tennis. Certainly does. Coming up after the break, Chad's top seven, and maybe text in your top seven, your favourite BBL player, 0427 154 166. You're listening to the summer edition of Sports ASA on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento, Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia... This is the summer edition of Sports Day SA on Cruise 1323 and SENSA. Paul Bonza and Chad Sayers with you. Chad, Chad, you've got a really important job now. I've given you this job today. I was actually really excited when I got the text from you, Bonza. Okay. You've come up trumps, do you reckon? I think so. (laughs) This is all thanks to Kia, the Kia Top 7, the all-electric Kia EV6 GT supercar. No, I'm not going um, to. Before I let you go with your top seven, the EV6, I've actually driven one of these cars. Very good, are they? It is unbelievably good. First electric car I ever drove, and uh, it's just a different feel. Do but, they still have enough guts? Do they have oh, electric? plenty. 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 And not that you speed or, you know, but sometimes you need to take off from the lights quicker than everyone else. Just for no reason whatsoever. Just to prove a point. Yeah. But it's a beautiful car. It's a bit like a spaceship. You get in and the <laughs> lights and whistles and oh, it's fantastic. Uh, that's the Kia EV6. Um, top seven. Let's go with number seven first. Or have you got? Before the, before I start, Bob, okay. there is a couple of notable mentions because okay. seven players out of a whole competition is hard to pick. So Andrew Tyre, Sean Abbott, Nathan Ellis are my three bowlers to miss out. And Chris Lynn, Jordan Silk, and the big hitting Tim David just missed out. So bad luck to them. Tim David missed out. He did. All right. Your Kia top seven. Start at number seven. Ashton Turner. Right. Perth Scorchers captain. So that right. gives him a tick. He's tactically very good in games, especially close games. Right. With a bat, his strike rate is 150 with a top score of 61 at the moment. Good. So... He's a pressure player as well, Bonds. When the Scorchers are in strife at the back of an innings and he needs to come out and win them a game, he generally does. So Good fielder, rolls the arm over occasionally. He does. So like Scorchers is one of the best in the comp as well. So the skipper gets in. At number six, this man should be in it because he's one of the best 2020 bowlers in the world and for Australia. So Adam Zampa comes in at number six. Only six, Zamps. Yeah, I don't think he's had that good a tournament Wicket-wise, as he usually does, um, he's still only going at 6.9 and over, which is very good in 2020 cricket. But elite. he's not having that impact with wickets as he usually does. So that's why he's slipped down to number six. Best bowling with three for 27. Pretty good. Always good in the big yes. bash, Adam Zampa. Agree. Number five, Jason Berendorf. Perth Scorchers again, Bonds. Probably why they've been the top side for a number of years now. But 
An economy rate of 6.8, opens a bowling, always strikes with a new ball, gets it swinging in and out, has the change-ups as well. Best so, bowling at three for 21. Has he been the best opening bowler in BBL history? I think he's up there, isn't he? And what I like about it, he's not generally quick. He, he gets the ball to move in the air, and you don't see many swing bowlers around in the big bash. You see the big 140s bashing the wicket and, and getting him through to the keeper. So um, I love watching him bowl. As I said, he impacts with wickets early, which is what you need in 2020 cricket. All right, number four. Used to be a South Australian Bond, played at our beloved club at the Peckers, Kane Richardson. Economy rate of 7.1. One of the best death bowlers going around in the country, in the world, really. Um, played his part for Australia. When he does, he does well. Um, bowls in the hard overs all the time. Up front, probably not as much this year because they've got Tom Rogers in. He's probably one of my notable mentions. I didn't get in there too. He's one of my favorite players now. But, yeah, Kane Richardson, um, just love what he does for the Renegades. As I said, he's a leader. Bowls the hard overs. Um, Impacts with wickets as well. Yeah, might be an apology to Tom Rogers <laughs> just there. Richo uh, had a bad night against the Strikers the other night, but he has been fantastic for the whole tournament. He has. Great. And in 2020 cricket, you're going to have bad nights, aren't you? You're going to yeah. miss out with the bat. You're going to go the journey with the ball. So um, it's good to see him come back against the Stars the other night. Who's at number three? Who's at number three, my friend? This was a close one between the top three, really. But Josh Inglis is number three. Um, an exciting player. Electric player, just gets on with the game, plays 360 degrees, reverse hits quicks, just someone you want to go to the cricket and watch Bonds. And this year he's really made an impact in the big bash. He's striking 154. He's got a higher score of 74 runs. Um, but he just turns the game so quickly. And um, he's one of the reasons why the Scorchers are on top of the ladder again. Good one. Two to go. Who's number two? The little angry chihuahua, Matthew Wade. He got in a little bit of a stoush the other night. He always does. He's been reported in this competition already, but when he goes to the, goes to the crease, he's like Josh Inglis, something's happening when he's batting. He hits big sixes for a little man. Um, he gets the innings going for the Hurricanes. Um, they're just t- starting to turn their season, so he's going to have a Im- big impact in the last few games for the Hurricanes. Highest score of 67, but I reckon he's got a, a few scores in the 50s as well. So he'll be looking to get that big one. Uh, a big hundred in the Big Bash. And your number one player in the Big Bash Our is... very own Matt Short. How good a season is this bloke having Bonds? He's turned his career, or wouldn't say career, but his Big Bash 2020 cricket around. He's uh, up the top of the order now. He knows his role. He's He's got a game plan to match that role at the top of the order. So he's striking 146. He's got 100 not out against the Hurricanes in that big chase as well. So um, he's a match winner. Not only does he perform with the bat, though, Bonzi, he's doing it with the ball now as well. He's a genuine all-rounder. He fields well. His economy is 6.8. Best bowling, 3 for 14. So he's my number one player in the Big Bash at the moment. Leading run scorer, Chris Lynn. Bit stiff to miss out on that, I would have thought. Well, short's short's taken over and he's gone, so... (laughs) Doesn't make it. <laughs> Stream every NFL game live this season, uh, nflgamepass.com.au. That is the place to go to get your NFL game pass. Coming up on the show, we'll talk 36s, we'll talk wallabies, and a very special guest, Amber Pate. She is a cyclist. She is in the Tour Down Under, and she will join us and let us know what you think of Chad's top seven. 
sorry, 0427 154 166. Give us a text. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento, Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports ASA on Cruise 1323 with Paul Bonza and Chad Sayers, the king of swing. And we are just keeping the chairs warm for David Wildy and Malcolm Blight, who will be back for the whole winter, just before the start of footy season. The great two men will be back. Uh, Chad, it's time for a sports up- update. Thanks to Tyre Powers, big holiday sale is now on with 25% off selected Kumo passenger tyres and SUV tyres as well. I swear you're going to sing that for us one day. but <laughs> It does get me going, Bones, Johnny you're Farnham. Jumping up and down in your chair there. Let's talk about the Adelaide 36ers. They're almost dis- as disappointing as the Strikers at the moment, and maybe more so. The 36ers had a disastrous weekend, losing both games, and they slipped out of the top six. They are now eighth on the NBL ladder. They lost 98-82. That's 16 points to the Jack Jumpers on Thursday night in Tassie. Then they lost 112 to 97 it's the Wildcats in Perth on Saturday night. Um, at one point, they're almost down 30 points against the Wildcats. That was one of my, oh, it was my most at stake, wasn't it? Uh, on Friday afternoon, Bonds on the show. So, um, yeah, disappointing loss from the 36ers. As we said, they just need, they need a win just to consolidate where they are on the ladder. I know it's a close competition, which is good for the competition yes. apart, apart from the top two, but... Uh, a win would have been nice out of the, those two games, and unfortunately, they were two big losses. If they could have snuck a win, and I wasn't, I wasn't that disappointed in them losing both games. But the way they lost both games, they were blown out of the, of the game in both of them, and they come back a little bit at the end. But they, they were never winning either of those games half halfway through the game. Is that tactical or just not performing on the they night? No, or? they just they just lacked they lacked something. They lacked system, maybe they. They lacked a bit of direction. I don't know. It, it, they just seemed a bit lost. Do they not have that one leader on the court now that just takes takes the game by the scruff of the neck and goes, come with me, boys? I know they've had that in the past years where they've had that dominant player. It looks like to me they've just got, which is good, no champions, just a team of good hard workers. But I think sometimes you just need that one player to just to, to lead the way. Well, Mitch McCarron's the general. There, he's he's the point guard. He's the man. He's the captain. He's the one who controls things. But he's not a big scorer of the basketball. So he distributes the ball so the other, others can score. Robert Franks has been very good. He was good in both games. Uh, I Yeah, they just look a little lost. And I hope it's just a bit of a hiccup because they have 11 wins and 12 losses. And their next couple of games, they've got Brisbane away on Thursday night at Brisbane are an absolute shambles, and they just need to beat them. Uh, and then Melbourne United back here in Adelaide on Saturday night, and Melbourne are going very well. They've won eight of the last ten. Yeah, they've always been the the top of the ladder, haven't they, the Melbourne United? So um, big games coming up for the 36ers. But I did see over in the West Bonds that they played with the roof open. Is that right? They did. Uh, first time they had an open-air game in Perth. Uh, not that's any excuses. Apparently, the a bit windy, maybe. 
Apparently not. It was a beautiful day in Perth, as it often <laughs> Trying is. Trying to find excuses. Um, but the only issue they had was uh, some people sitting up high got sun in their eyes early in the game. Oh, okay. But after after a while, that be, so became a non-issue. Time, start time for the game, but I'm all for it. The open air games is it? Does it? I get it's a bit of a novelty, isn't it? Well, we could, yeah, but that happened at the Telstra. That back then it was called the Telstra Dome when. The roof was open. The sun just kept getting in the Ford's eyes. And Marvel Stadium, yeah. It still happens. So now they try and shut the roof whenever they can when they've got games there. Um, yeah, so th- 36. Come on. I've had massive fans. I think there's only a few tickets left for Saturday night's game against United. They've been all Should sell out, out again. The past couple of weeks, yep, haven't they? So it'll so. be the fourth sellout in a row. Uh, we don't want the fourth loss in a row. They need to get back on the winner's list. They do. And the South Australian sporting fans have been out and about, haven't they? The strikers are always above 20,000. Basketball's always sold out now. It's just great to see. Great yep. atmosphere. Yep. Crowds are coming back to sport, which is fantastic. Uh, you're listening to Sports ASA on Cruise 1323. The Wallabies made a big announcement today, Chad. They sacked their coach, Dave Rennie, effective immediately. Jeez. You're not in a good place there when you get done <laughs> immediately. Pack know. your bags, Dave. You're out the door. They haven't been going that bad, have they, the Wallabies? No, but uh, the guy they've brought in, Eddie Jones, uh, who has done the job before. I was going to say, I reckon he's been there before. So He has signed a five-year deal with Rugby Australia. And in a major coup, their chairman said, Hamish McLennan, so it's a major coup for Australian rugby to have the best coach in the world home, coaching the iconic Wallabies and uh, to oversee the Wallaroo program as well. Um, obviously, yeah, he, he is, if not the best, he is one of the best coaches. And with the World Cup coming up in uh, this year, why not get the best coach in? Well, that's right. You you want to be the best, you get the best, then he'll have the best support staff around him as well to get the boys up and about. Um, they're always in the top two or three uh, nations in the rugby, aren't they? So um, to have Eddie back, he's been over in England, I think, coaching as well. So we don't want him coaching against us. You'd rather coach <laughs> no, him, him coaching right. us, don't you? So as he said, best in the league. So why not get him back? Some of the comments, uh, Eddie instinctively understands the Australian way of playing rugby. Does that mean that Dave Rennie didn't understand that? It's, it's, I'm just putting words in the chairman's mouth. I probably shouldn't do that. But, yeah. It doesn't sound great, does it? It's, Behind the scenes, we don't know the ins and outs, but um, doesn't sound great uh, for Dave Rennie, but to be immediate. But if you got Eddie Jones right in the palm of your hand, well, sometimes you've got to make the hard decisions. Welcome back, Eddie. We love you. And hopefully you can take the Aussies to a World Cup win uh, later in the year. But uh, that's big news in rugby circles. Now, as a portman, Chad, I just want to ask you a question with some notice. Fire away, Bonds. Uh Jason Horn Francis, recruited by Port Adelaide on a decent deal. Um, I think it was a six-year deal. Yes, it is a six-year deal. But Bryce Gibbs had a little bit of a chat on what he thinks that Jason Horn Francis 
almost like he he has to give something back or prove people wrong. Here's uh, what Gibbsy had to say. Yeah, really good. He was uh, he was even in a better space before he, he had this little hiccup mm. with his hips and this surgery. He was running some personal best times and was really keen to, to hit preseason. Uh, on a on a strong note, uh, I, I mean he's back running now. Um, he'll ramp up his his program over the next couple of months, and uh, he'll be ready to go. He's he's really keen to to prove a few wrong that have they've, that have knocked his decision to to come back home. But uh, I mean Porter are primed to bounce back as well this year. They're they're extremely well placed, and the improvement uh, of Jason and you know. Um, Butters and, and Josh Sin, I think. Uh, Dersma is another one that can, can really take this club uh, back to the top eight, I think, this year. So he's, that's pretty big comments. But do you think Jason Horn Francis has anything to prove? Nah, he's got nothing to prove, Bonds. He's, I think Gibbs is obviously talking about the people who probably didn't um, approve of him leaving after one year at the club. Obviously, number one draft pick, a lot of hope for North Melbourne uh, for him to take the club forward. But um, chose to come home. So he's got nothing to prove. He's only played a handful of games. Um, so not none of them are really standout games either. We know how good he is. Um, seeing him playing the SNFL and all his credentials. So And speaking of the, a few people down at Port Adelaide, he's, he's really training well, as Gibbsy said there. He's, he's running. He's really good. Um, his leadership around the group, group's been really good as well. So um, he's going to be good for Port Power. It gives him another string to their bow. And as... Gives you sad. They're going to be um, striving for the top eight this year, and they're going to be red hot. That's for sure. I, I don't think they should put too many expectations on this kid. Like he's he's into his second year of AFL footy. We saw how good he was playing for South Adelaide, and then especially the final series before he got drafted, he was unbelievably good and looked looked for an eighteen year old kid. He looked like he'd been playing for ten years. We don't want to put too much pressure on him, do we? No, you're always going to have pressure on you being a number one draft pick, aren't you? So um, his expectations are always going to be high because he's a number one draft pick. But as you say, if he doesn't have a good season this year, then let's not just put him in the bin as, as supporters and as the media. Let's give him a chance to really develop as a good footballer. We know he is going to be one. He's got all the credentials to be one. So give him a chance. Let him get the 50 to 100 games under his belt first before we start criticising him. Does he eat that up, though? Does he love that? media presence and the, and I, he does like the, what we hear from the outside is that he wants to be the best footballer in the competition. And that's a great, and, and he thinks he can get there soon. That's a great trait to have. He know, he obviously knows how good he is and how good he can be, but let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Let's just take it day by day, train, train the house down. When he gets an opportunity for Port Power, really play well, be the team player. We know he can be. And then, That'll, all that other stuff will take care of itself. Yeah, I, yeah, and that's what I feel too. But, yeah, I, I just hope that he's not getting too far ahead of himself as well. I'm sure he'll be right, Bonds. The power will get him in order and um, he'll be playing some good footy this year. Are you happy with where the power is at at the moment? Do you, do you believe they can win the flag this year? 100%. I think the inclusion of Horn Francis, Willie Rioli, apparently he's flying on the track and his skills are unbelievable, as we know, so... Um, he'll take over Robbie Gray's mantelpiece at Port Power. Um, great inclusion. So um, Fantasia will be back as well, um, Arazio. So around, around goals. Willie? Around goals, they are going to be dangerous bonds. So I'm very excited about how Port Power are going to go this year. I would love to see Arazio playing. I just, I, his body lets him down time after time after time. 
I just hope that... Uh, well, you see the size of his legs. <laughs> Little chicken, so... <laughs> Get some more beef on there, Orazio. Who else excites you at the power? I oh, just... Ollie Wines, obviously. Travis Boak, Sam Papa. I love the way he hunts the ball. I just think all around their team is just team-orientated footy. Um, Port Adelaide style. Just lo- I do love Travis Boak. The way he gets himself up, his conditioning, his... I don't know how he's 33 years old. He's mm. played 15 years or whatever. His body is still in great nick. Um, and he's still one of the best players in the when, comp. When you go to the power games, are you a face painter? Do you get the uh, face paint, the, the the Guernsey on? I'll take my scarf to... The number 10, Boke. Oh, you hold the scarf, scarf. up. Scarf. Always Never bonds. tear us apart. Never tear us apart. Oh. I see Hawthorne doing that. A uh, quick text in from Mario from Maslin Beach. Uh, uh, Gillespie out says in. Oh, there's another one. Um, Hinkley out says in. So you're coaching Port Adelaide and uh, the Strikers and the Redbacks. You're doing it all thanks to Murray. You know? I'm going to be a busy man. <laughs> you're going to be a very busy man. Um, the Tour Down Under's on, Chad. And uh, our, our next guest is... Uh, a, a girl in the Tour Down Under, and she's a national champion as well. And we were lucky enough to um, catch up with her earlier on and uh, pre-recorded this interview. But um, And it was a great interview, and we, we spoke to her uh, for a good couple of minutes. So um, stay with us because we're going to speak very next to Amber Pete. You're listening to Sports ASA on Cruise 1323. Bicycle, bicycle. I want to ride my bicycle. Chad, our next guest is brought to us by Toolkit Depot. New year means new gear at Toolkit Depot. At Toolkit Depot is your one-stop shop to get back on the tools, just like you, my friend. <laughs> uh, our next guest is Amber Pate. Um, from, she's a cyclist and she's a national champion. Uh, welcome to Sports ASA, Amber. Thank you. I'm so delighted to be here. Now, you're currently part of the Green Edge Cycling Jaco Allo. I, I hope I've got that. Team Jaco Alula. Alula. Jaco Alula. Yeah. Uh, in the Tour Down Under, um, you had stage two today from Birdwood to Uradley. How'd you go? Oh, that was just such a great, great day for us today. We had... Our, one of our team leaders, Alex Manley, in the wind today. It was an awesome team ride by everyone, and we're all, yeah, we're still absolutely stoked for the results. Now, Amber, you're a current Women's National Criterium champion, which was last weekend in Ballarat. Um, well done on that, and that would have been a great lead-up into the Tour Down Under. Yeah, yeah, that was absolutely awesome. That was also a surprise. I wasn't going into the race expecting for that to happen, um, but it's yeah, my first race with the team, it's my first year with the team as well, it's my first race, it was, it was, I was so delighted to have that win. It just worked out perfectly that, yeah, the last, last two laps, it just ended up finishing that way and I was prepared and ready to finish it off for the team. So it was a really exciting result. Just want to take a step back, Amber, to today and obviously racing in a team. I believe your teammate actually won the stage today. Yes, yes. My teammate Alex Manley did win the stage today. She did such a brilliant job finishing it off. It was yeah, it's awesome. And and obviously in a in a team race like that, it, there's still individual aspects. But um, what's your role on the team, Amber? Yeah, that's it. It's a team race. It's a team ride. Like you know, we have one rider that finishes off for the win. Um, but it's every single rider that played a part in making today happen. 
My role for yeah for the tour is being um, really on the ball, a support role for our leaders this week. So it's ensuring that I'm aware of other moves, other riders, and basically ensuring that our leaders can spend as little energy as possible. Now you're based in Adelaide, originally from Catherine in the Territory, is that correct? Yes, yes, that's correct. Right, so as, um, as an Adelaide-based cyclist, did you check out some of the stages before you started racing this week? Yeah, yeah. So, like, I didn't ride, I didn't do course recalls on the, the exact route, but I ride these roads so regularly that I know them all. I know the descents, I know the corners, I know the road quality absolutely perfectly. It's been really good to know the roads and the routes before before the race actually starts. It's not something that happens, especially since most of our racing is in Europe. So. To have so much knowledge of the home roads now in the TU is yeah, it's actually, it's really good at, I guess, in a way, giving our team that advantage as well. Um, sorry, uh, the, the, the weather's been quite hot here in Adelaide and, and quite windy yesterday. Has, uh, has that been a challenge? For us, I would honestly say no. We've got our TU team is um, comprised of all Australians, so we're all very familiar with this heat, and I guess... That, in a way, is also an advantage. Today was certainly hotter than yesterday, and I think tomorrow is going to be even hotter again. So, in a way, I'm sure that that's an advantage for us because we are prepared and used to the heat, and the Europeans have come to an Australian summer from their European winter. So, it's going to be challenging for them, but it's still really important for us to keep on top of our hydration. That's something that we focus on during the race, before the race, and after. Um, I'll get... we know you're an ambassador for Prep, who uh, are now part of the SEN family and, and doing some stuff with us. Um, we've actually tried. We had some on Friday, didn't we, Chad? Uh, goes down okay. This Prep drink, very good pre and for recovery bonds. Uh, tell us about because yeah. the athletes that I am. Uh, tell us about Prep. A little bit about that because it's a, a South Aussie product, I believe. Oh, it's incredible. I've been been. I've worked been around the prep family basically since the start of the product and it's been really really good to see the product grow in over the years and grow in people who use it and also it's worth like where it's where you can use it because it's not just for athletes it's basically a hydration enhancer um so it reduces your risk of dehydration um and it's dehydration that basically inhibits performance cognitive performance and, you know, overall body function significantly. And it tastes good too. Uh, so you mentioned, you, mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned cycling in Europe. Any plans for you to make the move to Europe to further your career? Yeah, absolutely. So I helped Europe about middle to the end of February and I'll be based over there year-round from basically February to November each year and I'll come back to Australia over Christmas during the Australian summer. So, yeah. From yeah, from this from late Feb onwards, I'll be in Europe, and I'm very excited for the move. Where where sorry, whereabouts in Europe? Uh, I'm going to be based in Spain in a small oh, nice. town called yeah, a small town called Girona. That's kind of a cycling hub in Spain. There's a lot of areas where cyclists can go to, but I've chosen Girona. That's what works best for me. What works best for the team as well. And yeah, it's going to be a really really exciting change. And you've. Recently um, represented Australia at the Track Nations Cup in Canada. How did that go? And is what's it like riding indoors compared to outdoors? <laughs> yeah, the two the two are so different. Um, it's really exciting to 
see the sport continuing to progress and a lot of riders are continuing to combine the road and the track and I'm really passionate. I'm excited to do both as well next year and, and you know, continuing years. It's very different. The track you've got extremely short, like how it And on the road, it's longer. You're thinking about team riders. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the two are very, very different. And, yeah, Canada was awesome. It was my first Nations Cup, my first World, World Cup we, as, uh, representing Australia. I had a lot to learn. And overall, it was a really great learning experience. Our team came home with silver in the team's pursuit, I think. And... That was, that was earlier in the year now. I'm really forgotten. Um, and that was, yeah, that was awesome. That was my first overseas experience on the, on the road, on the bike, on the track bike and on the road. And it was, yeah, that's just, that was the start of it all. And I was like, this is going to be my career. And we're going to continue <laughs> doing everything we can. Now, I've been to a few of the uh, Tour Down Unders here in Adelaide. And what I get amazed at is the peloton and how fast they ride and how close they are together and how often they don't fall over. Uh, how hard is it not to have an accident as, as part of that peloton? Oh, look, it's, 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 it is, I guess, in a way, it's hard. But like, when we're riding in the peloton, it is, it is very fast. There's so many riders close together. I mean, I'm often, you know, everyone, I guess, does it differently. You just really, it's, the, the more you relax, the better it is. If you're stressed in the peloton, if you're stressed in front of people, that, that's what can cause crashes. So just the more we do, the more I do now, the more I do when I get to Europe, it's just going to, you kind of just get used to it and it doesn't feel that fast <laughs> once you get used to it. So, yeah, the crashes, you know, none of us want to crash. So at the end of the day, everyone's out there riding their bike, we're all racing, but everything we do, we also, we're not trying to crash. And I guess that's, you know, everyone's there for the same reason. I guess, I guess that's how it works. Is there much banter as part of the peloton? Are you are you having a few words at uh, girls or uh, or are you just sort of all getting along happily in the middle of the peloton? Oh, I guess every rider's different, honestly. You know, there's riders that like to talk, riders that don't like to talk. I'm someone who, like, I, most of the time I like to be, I'm usually silent and focused on, you know, focus on my team, focus on what I've got to do, focus on the task at hand. But I have teammates who are wonderfully talkative in the bunch and then there's lots of other riders who do want to talk or don't want to talk. And so it's about respecting everyone's differences and some people do want to talk and some don't. Now, Amber, pre-cycling, I did read something about you being pretty good at triathlons. Um, <laughs> I've never done one, but I don't want to do one. Why the change to cycling? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, so I spent... I spent three years in triathlon prior to moving to cycling. Um, I was about maybe from 21 I started triathlon and I moved to cycling when I was about 24. Um, I guess overall I love riding the most. I've been so passionate about bikes in many aspects. In my childhood I had motorbikes and I guess it all stems going fast on bicycles <laughs> with a breeze or something. I don't know, it must relate. Um, and cycling was definitely my strong trait. Um, and as I started, you know, in my late years of triathlon, I started doing more bike races, so crits and stuff like that. I loved the environment. I loved the technical and tactical side of cycling. And you also have a lot of different disciplines in cycling. You can do cyclocross, mountain bike, track. It's all those things. And overall, it was just, yeah, natural progression. And it came a time when opportunity presented itself and, I made the full switch to cycling, and I have not looked back. I've loved every single second of it. It's been the best decision I've ever made in my life. 
Amber, been fantastic talking to you. But before you go, where can the cyclists that are following the Tour Down Under this week, where can they get some prep? And that's P-R-E-P-D. It is, prep is available. Oh, hang on, my phone just cut out. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> prep is available so readily here in Adelaide. We're so lucky. Prep is on sale in the OTRs and also in most cycling stores in Adelaide. So stock up. It's also available online if you don't want to go into the stores. But easiest getting is getting to the OTRs around Adelaide and they'll have it there for you. Amber, absolute, absolute treat talking to you. Best of luck for the rest of the Tour Down Under and when you go over to Spain. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Amber Pate, a cyclist from uh, Adelaide, moving her way over to Europe. Very smart move from Amber and um, it's great to see her living her, her dream. All right, so it's time to... Um, it's been a good show. and Jam-packed stuff. Kyrgios out of the Australian Open. It's a bummer, isn't it? Strikers losing, sixers losing. We've got to get them up again, Chad, but uh, it's been good. You're going to be back on Friday. Looking forward to that. We might do the show from Adelaide Oval. Is the Strikers game on? Yeah, why not? Watch a bit of cricket, Bonds, and talk sport. Thanks for being part of the show. Uh, you've been listening to, to the summer edition of Sports Day SA on Cruise 1323. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer.